Turkey on Monday was struck by a devastating 7.8 magnitude earthquake that toppled buildings and killed thousands. Taiwan immediately sent rescuers who departed from the Taoyuan airport on Monday evening with a second group departing the following day. Turkey had sent its own rescuers to Taiwan two decades ago following the Gigi earthquake and now Taiwan hopes to return the kindness during this moment of difficulty for Turkey. After 14 hours flying over from Taiwan, a first search and rescue team finally landed in Istanbul. After arriving at Istanbul airport, the team transferred to a domestic flight bound for Adana in southern Turkey, and then on to Gaziantep, which is the epicenter of Monday's earthquake. This first group of rescuers from Taiwan departed for Turkey at 10.30 p.m. on Monday. It was accompanied by several dozen large containers filled with equipment, as well as specially trained rescue dogs. Following the devastating earthquake, President Tsai Ing-wen issued a statement offering condolences to the families of victims. She also announced that the government would donate 200,000 U.S. dollars to Turkey to aid rescue efforts and send rescue personnel from Taiwan to help. We are sending a total of 130 rescuers, which includes medical personnel. We're also sending five rescue dogs and about 13 tons of equipment. After it received an aid request from the Turkish government, Taiwan's government arranged for the immediate departure of an initial group of rescuers, which included 10 firefighting personnel, 30 search and rescue personnel from Taipei, and three rescue dogs. A second group of 90 personnel is being dispatched too, with six medical personnel and one veterinarian, as well as two rescue dogs. We are always training with the national rescue team, so we are always at the ready. Of course, if a disaster occurs, we go to help. 24 years ago, when Taiwan was struck by the Gigi earthquake, rescuers from around the world came to Taiwan's aid. The first international rescuers to arrive were a team of 30 rescue personnel from Turkey, who rescued survivors from a toppled building in Zhonghua County's Yuanling City. Now, Taiwanese rescuers hope that they can have similar success pulling survivors out of the rubble. The Tourism Bureau says all 414 Taiwanese tourists from 17 travel groups in Turkey have been confirmed safe and are going ahead with their itineraries in the country. Meanwhile, the Foreign Affairs Ministry has reported that a Taiwanese household living near the epicenter of the tremor has been rescued after their home collapsed. Let's hear from the Foreign Ministry. There was a Taiwanese household in the disaster zone. They have since been rescued, and all Taiwanese in the country have been found safe. So far, we have received no reports of Taiwanese casualties in the earthquake in South Turkey. Taiwan's representative office in Turkey has been on high alert from the very beginning. A Taiwanese youth fencing team was caught by the quake in Istanbul, where they had traveled to for training. The team's coach says the quake was not felt particularly strongly in the city, but ultimately they decided to fly back to Taiwan just in case. President Tsai Ing-wen on Tuesday received a delegation from the Parliament of Finland at the presidential office. The guests voiced strong condemnation of China's oppression of Taiwan, saying that only Taiwan had the right to decide its own future. Also on Tuesday, a delegation of Swiss representatives sat with Legislative Yuan Speaker Yoshi Kun, sharing a similar sentiment. 
The first Finnish parliament delegation to visit Taiwan since the pandemic was received by President Tsai Ing-wen on Tuesday. Tsai thanked the parliament's Taiwan group for the support for Taiwan, voicing hope that Taiwan-Finland relations could grow stronger. At this moment, faced with the continuing expansion of authoritarianism, the International Democratic Alliance must work together more closely than ever to jointly safeguard regional prosperity, supply chain security, and the values of freedom and democracy. Where there are those in the world who break, there are us who build. We must together condemn China's aggression towards Taiwan. Taiwan has the right to decide for its own future. And the Finnish delegation was not the only one making a pro-Taiwan statement. (laughs) After sitting with Tsai on Monday, the members of a Swiss parliamentary delegation headed to the Legislative Yuan to meet Speaker Yoshi-kun. Even after receiving stern warnings from the Chinese embassy, you all still decided to stick with your plan and visit Taiwan. For that, we are especially touched. Yo took the opportunity to stress to the world that Taiwan is not part of China. Taiwan and China are not subordinate to each other, and Taiwan is absolutely not part of China. The CCP continues to ignore this fact, sending military aircraft and vessels closer and closer, undermining the stability of the Indo-Pacific and revealing its intention to annex Taiwan. As it is important to express here again our full support to the Taiwanese population, that courageously today defends its right for freedom, its right to live in a democratic state, as you stated it, Mr. President. The latest string of visits shows that the world is paying more and more attention to Taiwan. Taiwan's de facto ambassador to Washington, Xiaobi Kim, is back in Taiwan for a short visit. The representative was recently spotted in Washington going to the office of U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And experts say that the meeting and the recent rise in U.S.-China tensions over a suspected Chinese spy balloon could raise the likelihood of a Taiwan visit by McCarthy. Speaking to reporters on Tuesday, Xiao said she had not heard of any concrete plans for a Taiwan visit. Let's hear from her now. So far, his office has not yet brought up any concrete plan with us. The spy balloon has really come as a shock to American society. In Taiwan, we have these kinds of gray zone provocations on the daily. So I think this can bring a deeper understanding for our situation. Reports have claimed that Xiao's visit to Taiwan has a political undertone, perhaps to prepare to run as vice president together with Lai Jingde in 2024. Xiao did not comment on the matter, saying she was here to attend to administrative affairs. She added that the U.S. hoped Taiwan's presidential candidates will be ones that Washington can work together with to protect freedom and democracy. The tourist mecca of Ximending in Taipei is, a, is in the renaissance. Since Taiwan reopened its borders to international tourists, business is booming in the commercial district. Today, we take a look at the stores and service industries which cater to the market of Japanese and Korean visitors. There are lots of souvenirs which appeal to East Asian tourists more than any others. Stores that can cash in are having a great new year. The massage industry is also experiencing a renaissance. A salesperson greets customers in fluent Korean. With its eye on Taiwan's newly opened borders, this retailer introduced a special Taiwanese souvenir section near the cashier last October. 
Hongnisu. How long will you stay here? Four days. A second time to to come to Taiwan. Chiofan. Nearby street or shopping. Most Korean and Japanese tourists stay near the Shimanding Commercial District in Taipei, and that's bringing a boom to local retailers. The most popular product is this package of jelly. Almost 4,000 boxes are sold each month. Another 3,000 boxes of these pineapple cakes are sold monthly. Other top sellers are the milk tea bags, the face masks, and even the made in Taiwan whiskey. The most popular items are collected here in this section, which makes as much as 4.5 million NT every month. This is a 24 hour store. Actually, sometimes from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., we have a second wind, another rush hour. But Japanese and Korean consumers are not just shopping at night. Aside from souvenirs, massages are another item on the bucket list for many. This business has extended its weekend opening hours until 2 a.m. for that exact reason. They seem to go out in the morning to different tourist destinations to check them out. Then in the evening, they come back to Ximending. They might come to get a massage before going back to the hotel to go to bed. We've hired 33% more employees. The business has taken on new staff members fast to respond to soaring demand. As Taiwan reopens to hosting the world, the stores and professionals of Ximending are in enjoying a very busy spring. Work is underway to produce an arsenal of 3,000 drones of different kinds for Taiwan's armed forces, with mass production slated to begin in 2024. The Ministry of National Defense says it has taken and will take steps to ensure the aircraft do not contain any parts made in China. The matter has become a hot topic in recent months after it was found that drones used in the National Day fireworks show had parts that were made across the strait. In recent years, Taiwan's military has been working toward improving its asymmetric warfare capabilities. To this end, the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology has been collaborating with private companies to develop five different models of unarmed military-grade commercial drones, as well as several models of military-grade drones capable of launching attacks. Mass production is expected to start next year to make 3,000 drones. The prototypes will be delivered on July 31st, after that date, they will be tested before entering mass production next year. If we find that there are some functions that need to be improved after the handover, the manufacturers responsible can make any adjustments in August and September. A formation of drones was part of last year's National Day fireworks show. It was later found that some of the drones had been made using Chinese components, raising security concerns. NCSIST says no such concerns will emerge with its drones. The Ministry of Economic Affairs brought together several reviewers to do an on-site appraisal, and we found no usage of Chinese-made components. These manufacturers making military-grade commercial drones all offered reports on their company's capabilities, and we also conducted a background search on all of them to exclude any suppliers from China. Chinese spy balloons have recently become a hot topic in Taiwan, with more than three high-altitude balloons having floated near Taiwan in recent times. The Ministry of National Defense commented on whether intruding balloons would be shot down, as was the case with the Chinese drone in Jinmen last year. If a balloon floats over, 
After our surveillance and reconnaissance units detect it, we would carry out an assessment to judge what level of threat it poses. If we determine it is a threat, we will deal with it according to the relevant regulations, which account for many possibilities and approaches that we can use. If any aircraft that enters the vicinity of the Taiwan Strait, including balloons, such as weather balloons or spy balloons, our military will launch the relevant joint reconnaissance measures to respond to the threat accordingly. The Ministry of National Defense did not elaborate on what actions they would take, saying only that any threats would be dealt with accordingly. The American Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan on Tuesday met to discuss the current economic climate and trade with international partners. The chamber said that despite challenges to the global economy faced over the past year, the outlook for Taiwan remains positive. It says Taiwan should must deepen trade with the U.S. and other countries and should leverage its strengths in semiconductors, artificial intelligence, electric vehicles and other tech-related industries. When we look at the, the company's confidence over the next three years, it's also a, a long-term perspective. Eighty-five percent still remain very positive. It's also a, still a good sign for the long term. The American Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan held its 2023 Business Climate Survey and Taiwan Economic Outlook Luncheon. During the luncheon, AmCham said that despite the impact last year of the war in Ukraine and high inflation, 85% of its member companies remain confident in Taiwan's economy and plan to expand investment. The diversification of Taiwan's trade and investment relations geographically, uh, moving from a heavier dependence on, on China, uh, semiconductors will continue to be a strong horse for Taiwan, and that's wonderful. Other areas, and we see growth in smart mobility, in EVs, uh, in AI, and, and other things that feed off of Taiwan's hardware and uh, technological prowess. Amid heightened cross-strait tensions, AmCham's concerns have shifted from the pandemic to national security. To ensure security, the chamber says that Taiwan must hasten economic reform, expand international economic participation, and deepen Taiwan-U.S. bilateral trade through agreements such as the Taiwan-U.S. 21st Century Trade Initiative and a proposed bilateral free trade agreement. 21st Century addresses a lot of important topics that can reach into digital economy, support for small and medium-sized enterprises and the like, to really push the needle and move our trade and investment um, uh, relationship. It will benefit the United States, U.S. workers and environment and labor will benefit um, Taiwan's situation. It will lead to further engagement with other partners. We have to deepen Taiwan's economy and Taiwan's competitiveness. Only through the positive growth and development of Taiwan's economy will problems in the Taiwan Straits and other political issues be easily solved. AmCham says that Taiwan's national security will be better met through its deepened participation in the international economy and trade agreements. It hopes for expanded trade with the U.S. over the coming year. Doctors at Chang'an Memorial Hospital in Linko have a new treatment for eye tumors. A malignant tumor in the eye is a very rare condition. It traditionally required the eye to be removed. But now, thanks to proton therapy, patients can avoid many of the side effects of earlier treatments, keep their eye, and in some cases, retain their vision too. The hospital invited one such survivor to share her experience of the treatment. It wasn't painful at all, and I didn't need any anesthetic. I was very happy after the treatment because I didn't have to have my eye removed. Three years ago, Miss Lai noticed that straight lines were looking wiggly out of her right eye. Tests found a malignant tumor in the eyes. 
but after proton therapy, the tumor was successfully controlled. We use the special decay curve of the proton so that the proton releases almost all its energy in one go when it has reached the tumor. So the healthy tissues surrounding it suffer almost no collateral damage. Eye tumors can metastasize when they are just three millimeters thick. Once, the only treatment was to remove the eye. But now, using proton therapy on the melanoma in the eye, 90% of primary tumors are controlled within two weeks. Between 30 and 40% of patients can retain their eyesight, and the traditional side effects of radiation therapy are significantly reduced. Because we are people of color, even if we have a melanoma, the likelihood of it transforming into a malignant tumor is not high. But in the last few years, they do seem to be getting more and more common in Taiwan. Statistics show that 5 to 15 people in Taiwan develop eye tumors every year. Ling Coach Hanggong Memorial Hospital has treated 20 such patients with proton therapy already. In all those cases, the tumor was brought under control, and more than half of the patients could retain at least 10% of their eyesight. The hospital is continuing to refine the therapy. They plan to develop gene testing and survival rate predictions for eye tumors. We head now to Xinchen Township in Hualien, where a small re revolution is underway. It features a bookstore where you can only borrow books, not buy them. Visitors to Etude Bookstore can do homework, cook, drink coffee, and enjoy cultural events. It's a community hub for the small town where many other creative projects are also thriving. Disused buildings have turned into arts and study spaces. New businesses are giving young people a chance to make it their own hometown. Local baseball coach Hu Wenwei is behind the project. He says the more he does, the more possibilities he sees. A wide range of books sits on the shelves of this bookstore in Xincheng. An old residential building was converted into this special store, which only lends books, no selling. The rules of book borrowing are, you can borrow any book you like, and you can take as many as you want. The store is more than five years old, and thousands of people have borrowed books here. Many thank you cards adorn the store, expressing gratitude for the generosity of the store's founder, Hu Wenwei. As a book collector, he founded the store as a library for the benefit of the people of Xincheng. Many non-locals have also been moved to give books to the store, swelling its collection. The first floor has children doing their homework and a place to cook them food and eat. Now the store sells coffee and some stationery and cultural items. We also have lectures on the second floor. Hu, a native of Tainan, moved to Xincheng in 2015, becoming the coach of Xincheng Elementary Baseball Team. He made this library and lending store of his own books, so children had a place to do their homework happily. He lives off the drink sales. He employs young people in the store, paying them with bed and board. He hopes the store can inject a love of reading that will take root in the town. Later, I realized that there are more and more things I can do. So I started extracurricular classes and then dormitories for kids. Alongside the bookstore, Hu founded a cultural company which worked with businesses and government to convert a former Thai power office into an exhibition space. A disused kindergarten in a local village turned into a space to study arts and crafts. He even opened a tofu pudding shop, creating jobs for young people. We can be self-sufficient and work with the government, applying for funding to create a suitable living environment where we can live, work, and play peacefully and achieve a living wage. 
whose projects continue to expand. He wants to help this small town become a hive of creativity and innovation. The Taipei city government has unveiled the schedule for 2023 flowers in Taipei, which points to various locations in Taipei for people to view flowers throughout the year. Twelve locations are featured on this year's list. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to the Sanson Qi Flower Festival in Beitou and the Guting Riverside Park. There are currently over 480,000 flowers in bloom at the Guting Riverside Park. There are also light installations, which makes the park a good place for an evening stroll as well. People pose for photos with flowers at Taipei's Guting Riverside Park. The flower sea is located next to the basketball courts. Many visitors bike or walk along the riverside to view the beautiful flowers, which will be in bloom till about February 15th. I think this year's is more spectacular. I actually visit it once a year. The scope of this year's festival is wider than last year and the year before that. When you take pictures, the whole view is amazing. The colors of the park have different layers, so I think it's great. For example, the lavender flowers and the yellow flowers next to it, this contrast, I think it's gorgeous. It's a great place for a walk. It's also fun to ride a bike and walk around to admire the flowers. There's also the San Tenchi Flower Festival in Beitou, which showcases beautiful flowers like scarlet sage, silver ragwort, lavender, French marigold, and others. It's a recreation of Japan's famous Furano flower fields. It's like mini Furano here. This is quite a bargain. You don't have to go to Japan to see it. I think it's quite beautiful. It's full of colorful flowers. The 12 flower events include the Camphor Trail Flower Carnival at Mao Kong from January 15th to February 15th, the Le Huo Cherry Blossoms Festival in Meihu from February 3rd to February 28th, and more. The full list in English can be found on the 2023 Flowers in Taipei website. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Han in Taipei.